You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. So I guess we got that sound fixed, or you can hear a little bit now, maybe. Oh, I can hear all of it now. Okay, and and that's what you get when you're working with new technology, right? So, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. This is your first time listening to us. I say this, like I say every other episode. Thank you, first of all, and uh, we're a therapeutic podcast. We call ourselves a therapeutic podcast because we're here for you, right? We're just a group of black men just venting about things that we generally wouldn't talk about with anybody else or, you know, um, or or family or friends. These are things that are in our minds that we never generally say, but, you know, we got to get them out somehow because we don't want to build up trauma. Yes. So, again, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. It's your first time listening to us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Like they do you at church, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> we hope that you get something out of here. That's and, right. Uh, we hope that. You, I mean, we have a bunch of episodes. We hope that you listen to another one. Yeah, come um, back and listen again. Yeah, that's all we can ask. Um, so anyway, hello, Joe. How are you? Man, it's a great day. Can't lie. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm just happy to be here, as always. In the, We are in a giving season, and um, I am thankful for the giving season. Um, I wish the giving season was all year long, and I guess it is in some in some aspects, but I guess it's more amplified right now. Right, so, which is weird, but yeah, yeah, that, that's a Joel thing. Well, you know, I don't think I don't think that it's that weird. I think, well, no, I'm not even gonna say what I think. Maybe it is <laughs> weird. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Maybe it's a little different. Maybe there are some pagan traditions mixed with some Christian traditions that I don't know. And I'll leave it at that. That's all I'll say. Yeah. But anyway, how are you? I'm good. Well, outside of the conversation about this particular holiday that we just celebrated, uh, I got a lot of challenges with that. But again, that's, that's a Joel thing. With, with Thanksgiving? With the, yeah. the American version of Thanksgiving. The American version, yes. Okay, well. Yes. We here. Why not, why not speak on it, brother? <laughs> well, well, thank you, sir. Let me, let me go ahead and get this off my chest, and I guess this will get the whole thing started. But I have such a difficult time thinking about Christopher Columbus uh, and... and his purpose, what he was attempting to accomplish, where he thought he was, hence the name Indian, because he thought he was going to India. That's number one. Yeah. And then number two, what happened when European settlers found themselves on American soil, what they did. And the list of atrocities are just, they're, they're too long to list. But to pull from that, and have number one a Columbus Day, but also a Thanksgiving. For me, it's it's all trauma based, and yeah. it's unfortunate. So those those are just some. So you know, high level. Those are just some of my challenges. So you know, and 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 just you bring that up. I wonder, is is that not an attempt? And and again, you know, we're we're all working from home. Um, you may be able to hear my child in the background, but um, you know. 
is is are some of these holidays and things that we cre- that we've celebrated, not created. I guess we created and we celebrate them. Um, are some of these? Do you think maybe rooted in? I don't know, and I'm, and this is a question. Do you think may have some of them may be rooted in like white supremacy or maintaining the status quo or yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. And Thanksgiving being at the top of the list of all of those, because when you think about what those Europe, European folks did to the natives, the Aboriginals of America, yes. How do you celebrate a time in the existence of this country where people? Lied, cheated, killed, uh, uh, covert, sneaky tactics to get rid of the folks after they pretended to be friends to get the knowledge and understand how to how to work, the, how, how to survive in this area. How do you guys do it? Oh, man, this is awesome. Now that we got the information, oh, you're no longer relevant. So we're going to get rid of you and we're going to get rid of you because we have gunpowder. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's interesting because I've in I've read some books, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I like to read random history books every once in yeah. a while. But I've read some books, and some of them have stated how, um, if it weren't for the natives here in the Americas, that all of the the pilgrims settlers whoever came all of them would have died would have died all for on sure. their last leg yes for and you know it's funny because i think and so now you got me you got me going now todd i think this is a prime example of strategy versus what we as a culture do too often which is be reactive when when a lot of our white brothers and sisters from Europe found themselves in the Dominican Republic and Haiti specifically when Toussaint Louverture and some of the other Haitians were involved in the revolution to get rid of them. Do you know what's happened to a lot of those people before that revolution even took place? They were dying because they could not navigate that new climate. Yeah. A lot of them were just being wiped out. And what they did not do there versus what they did when they came to the Americas was they developed a relationship with the locals. Yeah. When they came to Haiti, it was ownership only was the thought processes. When they got to America, they were like, all right, we've seen this before. Cause a lot of the folks in Haiti that escaped, escaped to the Americas. Yep. To Louisiana. So they were like, all right, let's go ahead and, and build some relationships. We don't have to be friends for real, but let's learn what we need to learn first before we try to take over. Last time we tried to take over, we got whooped. Yeah. The Haitian Revolution is one of those great examples of the the oppressed people fighting back and winning. And I think they learned their lesson and they use that. So it's, it's for me as I'm like, Jesus, why why don't we see strategy as the number one option? Let's be strategic first before we want to argue, before we want to create these divisions amongst ourselves, let's create a strategy first. And I think that's one of the the, the legs up that our, our counterparts have on us. Well, and and I mean, that's, this. I think that that's by design, right? I mean, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak, this is me speaking freely that I don't know mm-hmm. how Please much do, truth brother. is in this, but this is from my brain. 
Okay. So it's funny you talk about the Haitian Revolution and how a lot of those who came from Haiti um, uh, came to the Americas, right? Um, or the, I mean, they were in the Americas. They came to North America, the, yes. the continent, uh, what I we know as the United States and, yeah. and Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, they, a lot of them settled in what it, what we know as Louisiana, Louisiana, the Panhandle of of um, like Texas. Florida, Panhandle of Florida, uh, Florida. I said Texas. <laughs> now. Right. Well, there were black and white or black and French people were already mixing in in Louisiana or -hmm. what we know as Louisiana in the panhandle. That was already Mm -hmm. happening. And then um, on top of that, I mean, you had not some some short time after that's that happened. You had the Haitian Revolution. So it gets back to the United States and they're like, "Ooh, we don't want that to happen. But and, and these are just some things I've read. Now, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that these are true or whatever. You can do your own research. But um, some books have suggested that even in Louisiana, because it was so close to Haiti, I mean, it's right there in the Gulf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, if we allow, if we allow race mixing to continue here, because these are the French people, right? Um, We're going to be gone. Right. Well, not even that. They were like, this will, this will keep, this this will suppress the the uprisings because now we're all connected. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Interesting. Like it, it is smart. Yeah, like I mean if 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 I'm black and then I come to New Orleans and black people is mixing with white people and I take a liking to some white chicken, I she has a baby. Now I have a whole white family that I'm like, well, I don't want to hurt them because this is my child's yep. so and so. Yeah, is there not some strategy to that too? I man, you preaching? I mean, you really I'm just, preaching? I'm just trying to. I, I'm just trying to think. I feel like that would help to curb insurrections. Now, don't get me wrong; they happened. They a bunch of them happened. And there's a, did, there's a yes. famous one that that we that we know about where they hung or where they cut off they hung people cut their heads off and then put them on stakes and lined them down the road as you marched into louis or into new orleans we know about that um but at the same time like i said could have been could it have been strategic for them to race mix in order to keep the insurrections down because a lot of people and 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 again this is from what i've read i'm i'm just this is from some book Right. Yeah. Um. What is the name of that book? The the Louisiana Massacre. Oh, I have it somewhere. I think I got it somewhere. But anyway, from what I was reading in that book about Louisiana, right, mm-hmm. it said that most of the most of the people who who were st- were talking about revolution and and um you know uprisings were people who a weren't born in the Americas. Right. Or B, they were people born in the Americas, but had like very direct descendants from the African continent. Because and and it's funny, <laughs> I heard this in the T.I. song. T.I. was like, you can you can fall down on your knees and pray to, and pray to that Bible if you want to. He said, but I'm going to stand up and fight. He said, because that technique that that you're doing right there was gave to us by our oppressor, man. 
know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, huh, this is interesting Hands because up. these Africans from Africa was like, nah, fam, we ain't standing up to this. We trying, we got, yes. we got a plan. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yep. know. That's just me thinking out loud. And and I love what you're saying because we both talk about all the time. Oh my God. We talk about all the time. Uh, Cujo Lewis. Yep. We talk about, and, and he said specifically in that book, we didn't know anything about Jesus. Exactly. <clears throat> we believed in God, but it was this other group that brought the concept, the person of Jesus to us. We didn't know anything about it before that. Yep. So, I, yeah, I mean, you're spot on. And I, I, here's what I'm going to say. There's a an explorer by the name of Giovanni de, Ver, de Verrazzano. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name, but Verrazzano was one of the first people who traveled and made it to America. And he wrote, and this is the other sad part about our cultures, we don't have a lot of historians from way back in the day that were able to kind of write out the timeline of things that were happening back in the day. For black people? Yes. And do you know why? Why? Because our, our culture is a oral history. We don't, yes. we never, Europeans wrote stuff down. Yes. African people, it was, you learned it from your, your, uh, I say, your, not your ancestors, because those, they were still alive. Yeah. Yeah. You learned it from your elders. That was the word. I'm yes. Looking for. Elder. Yes. Your great grands, your grands, and then the, the chiefs or yep. the, like you said, the elders is a great word for it in that particular village. It was all passed down through oral tradition. Exactly. Yes. So what's interesting is Mr. Verrazano wrote specifically about his experience in America. And he talked about people that had skin that was black. And I, I wish, and I can't remember the year exactly, but this obviously is before you start having a lot of the people migrating to or escaping persecution or death from these from either Europe because you know Europe was specific yeah. like if you weren't part of what we was what we got going on you can you can die and we okay with that and then those folks that were over in Haiti Dominican Republic specifically Haiti more so that were trying to escape the uprising from slaves who were no longer willing to tolerate it found themselves here in America he said they were this is before that there were people with skin that was black. So it made people ask a question like, wait a minute. And he made a, he made a clear differentiation between the Native American folks that were here and this other group. So for me, it's just, it's just interesting, number one, because like you, I, I'm not the major history buff, but I try to understand what was happening during this time of slavery, before slavery, and then after it, even though we know it just evolved. But... I like to understand what happened during that whole process. Yeah. And then I, I, I come into contact with this guy and I'm like, geez, wait a minute. So why would somebody not want to put this information out there? And that's the next question I would ask is why would somebody try to suppress this? You know, like, like court documents, you know, anytime yeah. somebody tries to suppress or, or remove testimony, uh, 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 evidence, yeah. witness statements from the case, it's a reason why. Right. And I, and I kind of felt like that was the same thing. So for any of our listeners, Giovanni de Verrazzano, 
And you know what? Look them up. <clears throat> it makes sense. <clears throat> Sorry. Something in my throat. You're good. It, it makes sense because anytime a culture conquers another culture, mm-hmm. if it what did they do? They they burn it to the ground. Yes. They burn everything to the ground. Yes. Because they don't I mean it's a it's a perfect tactic. If it's like if you know anything about your past and you know what we did to you, then you're gonna try to take over. Us. Yes. Yes. But if yes. I can if I can rob you of that past so you know nothing of it, mm-hmm. then you assimilate. Yep. I mean, think about what black yes. people in America have <laughs> have done. I mean, I hate to Boy. I hate to, to be the bearer of bad news, but we assimilated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's funny because you said black people. I thought you was about to go somewhere. I thought you were going to say Black Panther <laughs> because I don't know if you remember when uh, Agent Ross, the white we guy. We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Ross, the white guy who told them who Eric Killmonger was. Yeah. He's like, no, he's one of ours. He said, we used him as an agent to destabilize other countries when they were going through these periods of unrest. Yep. So to your point, there were so many people who were the killmongers of their time. And I thought it was so prevalent that it was used in this context in the movie. And it's one of those things that I slept on several times. I didn't catch that until way later. I was like, dang, killmonger was basically the same dude in the movie life. He towing the gun line boss. Yeah, they used him to accomplish their goals. Now the difference with that guy and Killmonger is he got to the point where he realized, wait, whoa, 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 they taking advantage of me. All right, I'm finna go over here and get all of this technology and bring it back to my folks that look like me and kill all of y'all. Yeah, which wasn't the necessarily right way to go about it. But. Well, and, 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 the, and the question is, and, and obviously we're talking about a fictitious movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the question is, did he realize they're taking advantage of me or did he, before he went into the situation, he knew what was up. He's like, look, I know they're great doing question. this. I'm going to play the game long enough so I can get the information I need so I can go get what I need and come back and destroy who I need. That's a great point. And 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 that's the sad and that's why I, I sometimes I love it because there's such a, a a rich history to that oral tradition we have tradition we have, but man, being able to actually go back and, and see it documented, it would help so much. So it's this catch twenty two I find myself in a lot of times because and this is Joel speaking, I'm not speaking for Todd. One of my challenges with the Bible is one of my challenges I have with our history books. I wasn't there. So how do I know that anything in this book is real? I believe that Abraham Lincoln, George Washington existed out of faith, but I have an issue with my faith when it comes to the Bible. So which it, either I don't believe history and I don't believe the Bible, or I believe history and I don't believe the Bible and I believe the Bible. I can't believe one and not believe the other. So it's this weird catch 22. I find myself in far too often. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's an interesting way to put it. And, and obviously you can't speak for me because 
this is how I feel about the Bible. I think the Bible is a great collection of stories. Mm-hmm. Hell, who knows? Like you said, it's, I, I wasn't there when they wrote it. It could have been a novel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It could have been a poem book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I have a hard time believing, you know what I'm saying? I just have a hard time believing some of the things. Well, I don't have a hard time believing some of the things. I think some of the things make perfect sense in a in a world that's not perfect. Um, yeah. But there are people who interpret it because, again, it's written by man, right? True. And, and because it's written by man, I have a hard time believing what man wrote because history is written from his point of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and usually his point of the story is the winner of whatever right. it is. Right. The loser doesn't get yeah. a, a first-place trophy, meaning – it ain't going to be his information that gets published in this book. It's going to be the winner because I got the power. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Agreed. Which, Agreed. And it's funny. You, we talk about that. You, I, I don't know if you saw, um, and I hate talking about Donald Trump, but whatever, his his spiritual advisor, how she um, what she was using. Basically, she got up in her pulpit and she named like a bunch of organizations. And then she says, Black Lives Matters is a terrorist organization and we need the, the we need to rid the world of, of them. <laughs> like, oh God, this is crazy. Now that, and no. this, and this woman is, is preaching to literally hundreds of thousands of people, pe- hundreds of thousands of people, you know, on Sunday tune into this lady. You know what I'm saying? So beware of your what? false prophets out there. That's all I'm saying. It's a ton of them. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this too. So we, we've seen that, there was a there always there's always a new hustle every 10, 15 years or so. But one of the oldest hustles is being a preacher. Stop yeah. me when I'm lying, Ty. <laughs> Stop me when I'm lying. <laughs> let me don't say nothing, but you, yeah. The, hey, let me go start a church. Let me make these people feel good about themselves and tell them they need to give to the collection plate. Because the preacher is paid out that collection plate. Most of the time, right? You get a percentage of the, time. of the of the the, the tithes to the church of the, the church's earnings. Yeah. Yes, you get a that's where your salary comes from. Yeah. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. And if I can convince you to give twenty five, fifty, seventy five percent of your monthly earnings to me, or indirectly to me, give it to the church. Well, you you're right. You're still giving it <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I it's mean, a if, my preacher, if my preacher is driving a Bentley, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, there are some preachers in this city that drive Bentleys, and I have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that—that's big time. Because you have people in your congregation who are, you know, rubbing two pennies together to make a yes, dime. sir. Yes, and, sir. And they're like, okay, if I just give my ten percent to the church, I'm gonna be okay. Yep. And it's just going to your pocket. I got a problem yeah. with that. Man, it's it's leveraging the Bible to try to fulfill a need that I have, not knowing that the person preaching the Bible to me does not have good intentions for me. Yeah. And it's crazy. That's, like if you're if you're a preacher, like a lot of preachers, very, very excellent speakers. Boy, charismatic, man. intelligent, captivating. Yes, sir. 
And I mean, that's maybe that's part of the hustle. It is. So it is because everybody can't be a preacher. You're right. So you're right. You you're are right. Correct. It's it's interesting. It is very. very you got to have a skill set. Very yes, you have to have a skill set. <laughs> it, it just don't come. Well, it may come natural to some people, but yeah, it, it's. And speaking of church, let me first off, black people have made history again in the church. Let me go ahead and and give a shout out um, to the Catholic Church. <laughs> obviously, okay. Obviously, you haven't been paying attention. I, y'all don't see Joe, but he's got his got his hand in his face. <laughs> like, uh, where is he getting ready? To... I'm covering my face because I don't know what's about to happen. Oh my God, what did we do? Um. Well, <laughs> it's not bad. It's good. Um. So we made history. Um. The Catholic Church just. Uh. I guess that was today or yesterday. They just announced the the first ever black cardinal. Cardinal. Yes. Okay. So Wilton Gregory becomes the first uh, black American cardinal. Now, I don't know if there's ever been other black cardinals from other parts of the world, but at least here in America, he is the first black or the black American cardinal, which is a first for the Catholic Church. That is, which is in Catholic Church has been a lot of firsts lately, too. They have been and they've been under a lot of fire. Yes, they have. And I am, man, it's, so I don't, we're not a political podcast or a religious podcast. Right. Let, me, let me throw that out there. These are just things that came up in the news. <laughs> That's it. And and we have our own personal takes on them. But I thought it was interesting when um, the Pope, I can't think of his, which Pope this is, what his name is. It's not, it's like John Paul or something, the 32nd. I don't know, I don't know one of them. Yeah, but <clears throat> the newest Pope actually went totally against the belief of the Catholic Church and 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 basically was saying that same-sex marriages and relationships were okay. First time that has ever happened in the history of the Catholic Church. Yep. That is true. So it's they've got a lot of firsts going on right now and I don't understand why so I'm gonna just throw my well, hands here's up. My, here's and my back opinion up. on why. I'm gonna okay. give you my opinion on why. What is struggling right now? Well, what has been struggling? <laughs> what's been struggling with with millennials, Gen Zers, and people coming up? Um, a lot of them haven't been turned into religion. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them they they got their their. There's 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 spiritual people, right? But they're not religious people. They don't have to go to a church and sit down and I have to see, you know, I have to go to church and praise God for an hour of my life every Sunday. They don't do that no more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the church has been struggling financially. Yeah. Right? So if I'm trying to hold on to my paper, <laughs> I am going to do what I need to do. Now I'm a cater. I mean Let's let's use black people for an example. Um, what happened? We we boycotted the bus, right? Yeah. So they was like, "Whew, we need this paper. We gonna go ahead and do what y'all want us to do." All right, we, we absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. This is this yeah. is the exact same thing. It's a it's a bottom line. Now, it is. I think I actually think the current pope comes from a genuinely good place because he was a, a bouncer. In his past life, 
him at a club. <laughs> so like, I'm like, this dude has seen some things in his life and probably yeah, he has. done some things that he's like, mm, I'm not too proud of that, but I'm here now, right? Yeah. So that's why when he said it, I think that he genuinely came from a good place because I think he is a genuinely good person. Yeah. A, a good person with, with true life experience. Like yeah. he's he's lived a life as a common man. Not he ain't trained to be the Pope. No, he, well he found he found God later. He found God <laughs> later in life after being a club bouncer and like, oh let, right. me, let me turn my life around. <laughs> so well, I'm gonna say this because I I I can't I, I'm not gonna speak for him because I don't know. What I will say is that it's very interesting. It is, and like I said, I think that, it's a bottom line thing. And and you could be right because what you're saying is very. And and the funny thing is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the divorce rate. Has it been but dropping with or business, going up? It's dropped significantly. It's the do you know why it dropped? Um, no, I haven't. Been the millen- millennials are not getting married, so they say men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. Numbers do lie, depending on how you use them. So it makes it look like all of a sudden, oh, people are just staying. No, people aren't staying together more now. They just ain't getting married. Yeah. So it's this gen, the, man, these generations behind us. They're just different, and they're doing yeah. their they're doing things there. So what you said is so true. They're doing things their own way on their own time. They forced the job market, corporate America to completely change policies, expectations. Like, no, 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 no. You know what? Instead of having to come into the office five days a week and work in this eight to 10 hour shift, no, we're going to be flexible. You can work from home one day, two days a week and come in and, they are literally changing the world. And you and I talk about this often. And it, and really, I, I give you props for this because it's something you said to me a long time ago. Like this generation, their exposure, their, their, their heart, their behaviors, these are the folks that are going to make the changes that people of color like me and you need to see later on down the line. Yep. It's these folks. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the Gen Zs and the millennials are going to do. And unfortunately, I may never see it personally, but I got kids growing up who are going to be under that group in yeah. terms of age. So they're going to be able to see it. So I'm, I'm hoping that the stuff we're seeing right now, it'll be beneficial. Um, I still I still pray and hope that there's a level of morality that exists, period. And as long as there's a level of morality that exists, it will not challenge or compromise the foundation we put in our household yeah and and i love i love the i mean millennials as you can see um millennials have been doing a lot of things especially yes sir in in um, politics right now you see a bunch of millennials getting in and and shaking stuff up um Mm -hmm. that's a start and then the people behind them disease right like they in there making moves and those are your kids. And and obviously there are some young Gen Z people in their twenties, right? But <clears throat> you got some that are in their teens, like that are out here act they activists. And they, they, and they, and they ain't they ain't taking nothing. They're like, nah, yeah. uh uh-uh, uh. I ain't like that. I ain't with that. Yep. The the change it's crazy to see the change, especially you talk about the work work culture. It's crazy to see the change in you go from your grandparents and in some cases your parents where you stay in one job for 30 years, you get a pension yes. and then 
Preach. You're good to go. Yeah. We, we ain't with that. Nah. I'd be at work. I'd be like, man, I'm bored. Yep. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. What else? What else yes. can I do? Man, you said so much right there. And I, I, I want to say this to anybody who's listening. What Todd said is probably one of the greatest points that you'll ever hear on this podcast. We are at a time where that whole never take a day off, never take vacations, work hard every day of my life, miss out on my family. That doesn't exist anymore. Nope. Now no. it's, oh, you're not going to let me do this. Somebody will. I'm out. And if and if I'm, they won't, if you won't and they won't, I'll do it myself. Bruh, you preaching. And what happens more often than not is these organizations are starting to wreck. That's why they're changing their rules. They're recognizing that. Wait a minute. I don't want him to be my competitor. So let me bump up his salary. Let me give him what he wants. And then turn him loose. And he's going to feel so good about where he is. He's not going to buck the system. Exactly. And that's reality. And and it's funny because I used to work with a group called the Dream Center here in, in West Nashville. And I did this session one time for the folks who were coming out of jail, these men, and they were trying to assimilate back into everyday life. One of the things that I told them, I was like, the difference between now, 5, 10, 15 years ago, this is Joel, but I'm telling you the same thing. Don't you ever go to a job interview with the thought process, I need to impress them. No, no, no. They need to impress you. Do you agree with their culture? Do you agree with where they stand? What they're asking of you? It's not the other way around. We So often people are so scared to go into an interview, but the reality is I'm coming here to ask you questions. Exactly. You can't, you can't ask me nothing. You have an open position. You need to fill. Let me, let, no, that don't sound right. So what about this? What about this? And that's where we are now. And I love to see that because the power is being taken back by the people. Yep. It's it's funny. <clears throat> it's funny you say that I had a job interview recently. And, um, you know, when you have an interview, obviously, like you said, they're asking you questions, right? Because you're interviewing for the position that they have. But at the end of the interview, yes. usually they say, do you have any questions for us? One of, first off, I will go an, another 30 minutes asking them questions. Preach. So it's funny because the, the person who was interviewing was like, well, damn, I, I feel like you interviewing me. And I was like, well, I kind of am because <laughs> you are in the position that I'm trying to come into. And if yeah. you don't like it, then that means I definitely ain't going to like it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny because one of the, one of the questions I always ask um, at the end of an interview when they when when I get the opportunity is is one is do you like your job? And, That's a good one. And another one is like I always ask them what do you do in your like your daily your daily job duties and do you like what you do? Yeah. Is this something that you could do for the rest of your life? It's and when you ask them that. That's when they're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So listen to when, when you're asking those questions, listen to the responses because they'll tell yes. you the whole they'll tell you the whole job right there. Man, you dude, you are so on it. And and I, I keep reaching out to the folks listening, but it, it's so important that they hear what you're saying right now, because I don't think I, I wasn't taught 
to go into a job interview. I was taught go in there, make sure your hair is cut and you yeah. and you know you're clean and and you're you're confident and you got your resume like three or four copies. Not saying you shouldn't do those things, but I'm gonna tell you this, Todd. I don't even wait till the end. What I do is when I find out who is interviewing me, I go research them. Mm. Social media, too. LinkedIn, whatever it is, I pull all the information I can. I need to know who you are. And then what I do is I placate to, to whatever it is that I see you as being, I use it against you. So I bring down that wall. Now we're having a conversation. And I tell my wife all the time, so when, the job I have now before I took it, I told her, I was like, what I'm going to do and the way I know I got the job is if I start talking to you and I get you off topic yep. and we can talk for like 20, 30 minutes. Yep. Exactly. If we're just talking about life and it's not an interview anymore, I got you. Now, to your point, I can ask you these questions and you're going to be real with me. Exactly. And, and, and that's where I feel like millennials and those Gen Zers, I feel like that's where they are now just naturally. It yep. took me years years of my life to get to that point they they starting up at the gates like that yeah and and that i mean you described that to the t the, the the last job interview i had that is exactly what we got we weren't even talking about uh the job we started talking about <laughs> clown shoes yep you know i, I was like he's like well yep. I don't even know. We I don't even know how we got to it but he was talking about clown shoes and we got to talk about clown shoes for about 5 10 minutes Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once you once you know that, you're just like, yeah, I got this one in the bag. Yep. So yep, I've disarmed you. Now I own this. I'm in control. Yeah, it's crazy. So it, it it's crazy how that how that works. Yep. Yep. So stop thinking, people. Stop thinking. You've got to prove that you're you're good enough. Yeah. Because it isn't about how good you are. Because anybody can be trained. Exactly. Anybody can learn how to do a job. That's not the point. The point is, what organization is this that I'm joining? Are they rigid? Are they a little bit more loose and liberal? Are they willing to allow me to grow on this path? Or do they have an idea of what I should be? And does their idea uh, impact negatively who I want to be, my level of morality, my moral compass, all of those things? If it does, then this ain't the place for me. Right. And I can turn it down because somebody else will want me later. So, yeah, yeah I'm dude. You, I, man, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's such a great point. Yeah. And and it's funny because you or I say it's funny, but you think about it this way. A lot of people and, and taking grandparents and parents, for example, well, they will come home and just like and they will they will take whatever's going on. They're like, well, you know, I only got four yes. more years. I only got five more years. Or yes. I'm halfway yes. there. Right. Whereas, whereas we don't care. We like, Shh, at all. I ain't about to, I'm out. I'm out. Yep. And then I'm going to leave you a bad review on my way out. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> here's my resignation letter and y'all suck. Cause, and here's, and, and another thing that, that millennials and Gen, Gen Z people do very well is that they tell you how to fix it. Yes. But the pro I, I say the problem is, which now I mean we're seeing a lot more, um, a lot more uh, millennials in manage managerial roles. But yep. um, you had older generations who you say, "Hey, look, this is messed up. You should probably do it this way." Then they get mad because it's like, "Well, this is a, how we always done it." And yep. then you know, was a lion what do you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you know about it? You're just a kid, right? Yep. 
And then that's the yep. person who goes out and makes their own business and say, well, they were doing it this way and I did it 10 times better now. Now I'm a millionaire yep. and they're still working yep. there. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Or they put them on the brink of shutting things down. Yep. So I think what's smart, what I'm saying is organizations are now recognizing it and they're like, before we go out of business, let's go ahead and, and pay them a little bit more. Yeah. Let's give them that flexibility they're looking for in terms of how they report, where they can report. You can do your job anywhere and cope. Oh, my God. My millennials, my Gen Zers, please, please, please understand this. COVID has proven you do not have to report into an office building ever. Exactly. <laughs> you can do what you want to do anywhere in the world. As long as you're willing to do the work and get it done the right way, you ain't got to go to an office. You can work in New York and live in California. It does not matter. Yep. And, and, and now people are getting scared because they're like, okay, now we got to make these concessions. We got to make it a little bit more convenient to get good candidates in because we need these good young qualified smart candidates to come in here and move our organization to that next level and it's gonna work i mean if you here's the thing if i live in New yes York and the company i work for is in nashville but they allow me to work in my house in new york mm -hmm. i'm with that mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's you even see um, countries that are doing it now. What like there are some some countries in the Caribbean that will pay you to come and work there, um, yep. you know, and and hang out on the beach as long as you you know you're putting money into their economy. That's it. That's dude. This I think again. This is why I love BGT Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Yes. This is why I love this show so much because we kind of pull back the veil on stuff like that. The traditional means to achieve the quote unquote American dream, none of that stuff, it, it doesn't, it's not real anymore. And we now know that. We didn't know it before, but now we know it. And COVID forced people to see it. Yep. Like, I don't have to do these things to achieve this standard of living. I can do it my way. <clears throat> I say another thing COVID's done too. You see, because people have been at home, um, you've seen how much more productive they can be. Yes. Uh, being at the house. I know people who have been like, look, my job is cool and I'm productive. I like it. But, I, you know, I, I, with, with COVID hitting, I know I can do something else at my house. Yep. You know, companies are shutting down their offices but I've seen some some unintended con or I say unintended consequences. It's not a consequence. It, it's it helps the worker, right? I've seen people who have went to the job and say, "Hey, look, you know, I think I'm gonna do something else during this season, this COVID season," mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're getting bonuses to stay. Yes, yes, yes. So leverage, yeah. leverage is everything. And you know, you and I talk about this all the time as well mm -hmm. because we're athletes. So being an athlete, you understand. At the highest level, and I didn't make it to the highest level, so I'm not even going to pretend, but at the highest level, do you know why LeBron has a say-so in who the team puts on that team? Exactly. <laughs> he's, LeBron he's, is the coach and the player. <laughs> dude, and, and the owners have no other choice but to swallow their pride, even though they're paying the salaries of LeBron and all the other 14 players, all the coaching staff, they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars every year 
That ain't what LeBron's making every year. As yeah. a player, as yeah. a player, let me let me be clear. You're making 30, 40, 50 million as a player. You're feeling good. Yep. How much is that owner making? Ooh, he's so, killing it. Boy, so when you can make that owner come down to you and be like, all right, I'm at your discretion. What should we do? What will keep you here? That's the same thing these organizations are doing because they realize, yep. like, and think about we're making a lot of good. these owners too. Like, how many of them have really played the sport that they own? Like, exactly. <laughs> so they Clueless. don't know what With it takes to build a Jerry winner. Jones, right? Like Jerry Jones played at Arkansas. I get that. And he, I think he played in the league too. But um, but you know, like, take him out the picture. Like, think about mm-hmm. a bunch of these owners. Did they really play like at the highest level? Hmm. Probably not. So that means who really gets first say so. Right. And that's what's happening. So I'm 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 thrilled to see the time that we're in. And as again, like you mentioned, our children and their kids, man, the level of diversity, inclusion that's gonna be organic and authentic that they're gonna see, it's gonna be totally different from what we're looking at right now. Yep. And as long as we're putting that in our kids to just be good people, they will continue to fight for the same things. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm be dead and gone, but my kids, kids and they kids, they probably might see a world where everything is legitimately even they may. or there's, or there's been some type of, you know what? We woke up in 2020 and we all came out and said it. We ain't do nothing for real, but we all came out and said, you know, we have taken advantage of y'all. But in 2060, 2080, it might be, all right, guys, enough is enough. Stop. Stop. You don't have to give us anything else. Please. Let's just live together as people. Ain't no telling what's going to happen, but it it starts somewhere. and, And I'm just glad to see the changes that I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I may be on the ancestral plane then, but, you know, maybe yep. on that plane <laughs> I can still, uh, you know, do some things, can can help some things move on, on this plane that we're on right now. Preach. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to tell my son T'Challa to come see me. Right. I'm come right. see me, T'Challa. Let's talk about it. And, you know, it's funny, and this is a great, like, post-Thanksgiving, because you, you were with your family, and you, well, some of us were with, with, with our families, or at least our immediate mm-hmm. families, and some of us, mm-hmm. you know, did it by Zoom, but you really got to see, you know, the growth mm-hmm. of people. That's one thing you see when you have Thanksgiving and Christmases and big celebrations. You can either see the growth of a person, or you can see the decline of a person preach and i think that this i think that's so wonderful to because just in my house now i think we were right under or maybe right over the the legal i say the legal limit but the the limit of people that they wanted in one house mm-hmm. <laughs> but um just to see the growth of 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 my some of my cousins you know mm. i'm like man like one like my, my one of my cousins came in this this week. Um, she's gonna be a a psychiatrist. So I'm like, man, like just to see to see you from a from a child, and now you're like now. grown, and you're like two years away from being a psychiatrist. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like this it's is crazy. Big deal. It's crazy. It's a big deal. And it's just, I guess, it's just the way it is. 
It is. It is. And and it, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and as to your point, we actually didn't do Thanksgiving this year. We uh, it was just three of us because my oldest, my 12 year old, went with his dad earlier. So it was just me and my wife and my four year old. And we didn't do much, but just having some of those Zoom calls with family, catching yeah. up and stuff like that. It's like, wow. Exactly. It, people are actually still doing well. And it, it's such a humdrum time because people want to make it make you feel like COVID has just killed the whole world. Now, you should be cautious, yes, but the survival rate is in the 90th percentile. Yeah, it's high. So people are surviving it. And is in, you know, unfortunately, it's generally people who have pre-existing conditions that succumb to it. But this is not—it's not a showstopper. We still have to live. Yeah, the show must and to go see, on. it must, and to see people thriving in spite of such a weird, crazy, scary time. To your, it makes me feel so good to see my my cousin's kids still doing good and and dealing with being virtual students and their kids and you see the resiliency of humanity and you know that the possibilities to turn everything around do is it's like literally it's just around the corner all the time yeah once we turn that corner all this hateful uh nefarious behavior that we're seeing all that's going to change it's just a matter of time and we've, we've got to hold out hope number one, but number two, we've just got to continually put the things that need to be put into our children there. And then we have to be responsible and accountable to our communities. If we're doing those things, everything will be fine. I promise you everything will be fine. Yep. Couldn't said it any better. I couldn't have said it any better. Whew. That was heavy. We got ten minutes left, man. We we it's crazy. We we get to talking and then we just it just go. It's like oh man, I got ten minutes left. <laughs> well, let's see here. I don't even know what to say. That I mean, it, this was so heavy. That the the things that we talked about today are definitely things that all of us should be mindful of um, uh, as as we walk through. The, this journey, right? Because because yeah. really we're on a journey, and this is mm-hmm. just a small speck of time that we're here. So you need to to make sure that you're doing the right things, right? So, um, you heard the church announcements. You heard <laughs> you heard the church announcements, right? Um, and and just it just also reminds me. It just reminds me of a quote from uh, my main man, Martin Luther King. That is not my main man. <laughs> uh, my main man, Muhammad Ali. I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. Big time. But he says, um, the the ser- service to others is the rent that you pay for your time here on this earth. Mm. And, you know, having the conversation that we just had, it, it really kind of highlights that, right? Because we, again, we're resilient people. And even though we are going through this time of trouble, this, you know, this COVID season, right? Mm-hmm. Um we're still helping each other out. We're still working with each other and we're still accomplishing a goal, one mission or what one goal, whatever that mission is or goal is. We're still doing those things. Right. So again, make sure that you just, you know, take time and, and 
Live a life of Ubuntu. We talked about that. Man. We talked about that last time. Man. So. It, it, and it's funny, Todd. I was uh, talking with Christina, and, um, you know, we got our uh, our Sam retreat coming up in January, and we uh, we kind of checked the temperature for some of the people who would, who participate just to see if they would still be interested for obvious reasons. Yeah. And we had more than enough to continue to have the retreat in January. But I was talking to her about Ubuntu, and she was like, that should be the word we use for one of these games. And, you know, when you think about Ubuntu and, and just that concept of it's not about me, it's about all. Yep. And when I think about me, I don't need to think about me first. I need to think about you first. Like just that, because what it boils down to is community, which is everything that the business, my wife and I, is built on community. Yep. And when you, and you really think about how can I positively impact the community that I come from, everything that we're talking about, that's how you do it. You make yourself not be the priority. You make other people the priority. Yep. You focus on the needs of the greater good, others. How can I make your life easier and better? My life will be, I'll feel like I'm fulfilled if you get what you need. Yep. And man, I, I, I tell you, dude, like ever since, ever since my wife approached me with this idea, I've been feeling for the past five years now, like my life has a purpose that's bigger than just me. And I, I know we talked about it here before, but people always say like, what's the meaning of life and what's the purpose? What's, why am I here? And I said it here before, but I'm saying it again. My purpose is to leverage my skill set. What am I good at to serve somebody else? Yep. How can I serve you based on how, what I'm good at? I can't go out here and, and sing these beautiful songs that's going to make you have this feeling to do that. I can't do that. I can't play a sport to bring you in and then use that to talk to. I can't do that. What I can do is speak to you based on my experiences through organic, authentic means, let you know how real I am, let you buy into that, understand that I'm just like you mm -hmm. and we can get here. That's my purpose. I'm leveraging my skill set to serve other people. That's my purpose. And everything we're talking about, Ubuntu specifically, that's what it's about. Like, how can I make somebody else's life better? Well, I, I leverage what I'm good at to serve somebody else. That's it. It's simple. Yep. Isn't it crazy? It, it's crazy how I'm reading some random book that I just, that, like I told you, it was it was in my spirit. I saw it many times. Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, yep. oh, let's go ahead and get this. <laughs> I bring it up on here. And now it's like, oh, let's use that for you know our business and now we're going to touch you know however many couples you have and then how many people they know that they share that that tidbit yes. with so we yep. we've essentially done ubuntu right there right like we've, we've done the we've done what we what it was supposed to do yes so yep. it's crazy it's crazy how 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 we all work in this you know perfect circle <laughs> It's yep. everything because what they say what goes around comes around right we work in man and and i i want to also uh throw this out there for our listeners and give you props here one of the things you talk about fairly often is energy where it comes from how it exists where it goes 
the energy you put out there, you have to understand that energy does not leave. So what, what are you putting out there? And when I think about the group my wife and I are, are accountable to, I think about this. How many couples do we have? How many children do they have? There you go. How many people are them children going to come into contact with? Oh, my God. Who is your kid going to be? Yep. Who's your, your kid could be the next senator. Yours could be the next president. Yours could be, yours could be the next CEO of this organization that employs 30,000 people. I don't know, but what I do know is that the the reach, potential yeah. reach, is unlimited. Yep. And as long as I treat every person that I could potentially, not that I come into contact, potentially come into contact, because our business, it isn't built for us to see the results. It's built for our kids and their kids and their kids to see the true impact of it. So think about that forward thinking right there. Like th- that to what you just boy, said, it ain't built for, I'm not going to see the immediate results, boy? It, but I know that the people that I am connecting with are their children will see these results, which Preach. means if their children see these results and they learn these principles, then that anybody that they're in a relationship with will see what I taught them 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. (laughs) Preach, preach. That's, and, and that's what I love because I feel like black guy therapy coincides with that perfectly. We talk strategy. We don't come on here and argue points. We talk strategy. And that is a strategy. When I'm thinking beyond me, I'm thinking 20, 30, 40, 100 years down the road. Joel ain't the first person to think 100 years down the road. Todd ain't the first person. People been on this tip. We late to the, we, we as I like to say, <laughs> we tardy to the party. <laughs> we are late. But we, but you so, know what? We may be late, but we right on time, though. Boy. We are right on, like, it's crazy. We may be late to that party, but we still right on time. That's right. So, Anytime you can make a change, you're right on time. So, yes, that is what drives me. That's what motivates me. I know the world is upside down. The the stuff that the, the inequality, the inequity, the injustice, the supremacy, the hatred, it exists for not just black people. It exists for a lot of people. What can I do to change? Because I'm I'm out here specifically, number one, for my folks that look like me, because that's I can speak to them. I'm not finna go to my my next door neighbor and tell them how to raise their kids. That's like me going to the white community telling them what they should do. What I am going to do in my house, I'm gonna tell them, hey, this is what y'all gonna do. So the people that look like me, hey, this is what y'all need to do. From there, I'm gonna go to those other groups. And and I think once people kind of get that understanding, man, we can make some significant changes in the world as we see it today. I agree. I agree. Well, y'all, we are out of time. Y'all, I listen, literally listen to the church announcements because we, <laughs> we we was preaching, apparently. We was preaching yeah. today. So listen to the church announcements. Govern yourself accordingly. Mm-hmm. And we will see y'all next time. Next week. That's hopefully. right. That's right. All right. So I ain't got nothing else. So uh, we out. Peace. <laughs>